We're about to kick off the NFL Combine. So what matters and what doesn't, especially at positions where Green Bay has some needs, plus what to make of the latest reporting around the future of Aaron Rodgers as so far all quiet on the northeastern Wisconsin front. Are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team Bob. every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. The NFL Combine is here, and I know that there is a group of, uh, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush on this, but there is a group of people who, for at least for a stretch, I don't think it's the case anymore, but at least for a stretch, it was cool to say, oh, the Combine, the underwear Olympics, it doesn't matter. If it didn't matter, they wouldn't do it. And it only recently has become a TV property. So that's not the thing either. And it's not like they go to Hawaii. It's not like the Pro Bowl used to be. They're in Indianapolis. And no shots at Indianapolis. It's actually a terrific town. And everyone that goes to the Combine loves to go to the Combine. But this is not a vacation. This is work. And it's nice to have these metrics. In fact, while the tape is the primary source We can't just take, you know, this combine information and use that sort of, you know, before everything else. But there are positions where this this stuff really, really matters. And and mostly what you're looking for are outliers. The good and the bad. And Ken Laplatte, who covers... Well, he covers relative athletic score, which is something he created. He's a Lions fan. But relative athletic score is something that we use all the time when we're talking about the Green Bay Packers. For those of you that are sort of new to the discourse here, um, there are a lot of people that are like, well, the Packers don't use RAS. And it's like, maybe not, but they they clearly use something close. And Brian Gutekinds has talked about the fact that they have these models, these thresholds, these athletic preferences So we know that they use something. We just don't know the actual to the detail specifics. We have been able to glean some some vague parameters, not even that vague, honestly, some pretty good parameters around this based on their history. And in fact, Brian Gutekunst last year, basically everyone he drafted had a relative athletic score over eight. And everyone he drafts in the top 100, essentially, has a relative athletic score over eight. And the guys who don't are the guys that he's missed on. Jay Sternberger, Amari Rogers, Josiah DeGuara. Um, and Josh Myers didn't test, but he probably wouldn't have had a relative athletic score over eight. And all of the guys were like, well, they could have had this guy, Terry McLaurin, RAS over nine. Dawson Knox, RAS over nine. Creed Humphrey, 
a 10, the most athletic center by, by testing relative to his peers in the history of the combine. So when they, when they don't draft these, these high-end athletes, that's when they make the mistakes. There are 1920, 1,920 players on NFL rosters who tested. 81% of them have a relative athletic score of five or, or above. 81%. So if you are not an above average athlete relative to your peers, you are not going to be on an NFL roster. So that's just everyone that tested. So there are a lot of people that test that don't get drafted, that don't wind up on rosters. And for the most part, it's because they're not athletic enough. And almost half, almost half, 45% have an RIS over eight. We're one out of 10 scale for those of you unfamiliar with RAS. So they're elite relative to their positional peers. Your compared relative athletic score is compared to your positional peers. So almost half are in that elite range and almost everyone, four out of five NFL players are above average relative to their peers or better. And this all makes sense. Now there are some positions where it matters more than others. So for example, receiver. There is no correlation between time speed and receiver quality, mostly because there is not additional marginal utility with speed. Being 4-4 is fast. You're not that much better being 4-3-5. You're faster. But not that doesn't prove better. And in fact, Pro Football Focus did a really interesting study that showed that in order to have and be a good vertical receiver, you don't have to be fast. Jordy Nelson, not fast, high four fives. Devontae Adams, not fast, high four fives. But terrific vertical receivers. T. Higgins, not fast, high four fives. But a terrific downfield receiver. It is the good player part that is more important. Now, they're, they're, they're all, by the way, above average athletes. Not elite of the elite, but above average. At receiver, there are certain traits you want. You want the good three cone. That means you can change directions. And you want to be fast enough. The Packers traditionally like a three cone under seven for their receivers. Seven one if we're going to get frisky. And you got to run faster generally than four six. So Jackson Smith Jigma, looking at you, guy. You want to be a Packer? You want to get in that top 20 mix? You got to run 4-5-2. That is go- you are a top 20 pick all day, JSN, if you run 4-5-2. But if you pull a Keenan Allen or run 4-7-1, now Keenan was hurt, but speed has never been his game. You're, you're probably not gonna make it. So we see some of these guys, you know, someone like AT Perry out of Wake Forest. He's this huge guy. I mean, I, I made the joke um, to, to some media friends that he's like an Ent from Lord of the Rings. He's this big, he's like 6'5", incredibly long-limbed, lanky, just lumbering down the field, but he gets open down the field. If he runs 4'6", 4, 4, he's not going to be a Packer. That's just the reality. He's not. And it seems like Brian Gutekinds is leaning even more into these athletic traits these size speed monsters lately. His best picks have been those kinds of players. 
corner is a stopwatch position. If you can't run, you can't play. Josh Jackson, actually a very good athlete overall. And, and even speed score, you look at, at, you know, at 200 plus pounds running in the four fives, you go, that's pretty good. Except at corner, you have to, have to, have to be fast. Jerry Alexander, four threes. Eric Stokes, high four twos, low four threes. Now, Rasul Douglas, not a little bit different type of corner. One of the reasons why we've talked about moving into safety. Keyshawn Nixon didn't test well, but on the field, you can see it. He is fast. This is, but Keyshawn Nixon, not going to be a first round pick. Russell Douglas, not a first round pick, not a high pick. It's the risk profile that changes. So you, you fall down the boards a little bit. You might turn out to be a good player, but you were not a good bet to be a good player. And that's what these teams are doing. They're playing the odds. You think of someone like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, someone that I mocked in our mock draft Monday incredible, incredible athlete, doesn't have the productivity at Iowa, although in true pass sets, he had among the top pressures in college football last season when facing true pass sets. He just didn't face that many last year. Still developing a pass rush plan. You bet on athleticism with pass rushers. Three cone, weight adjusted three cone, 10 yard split, those kinds of things. Explosiveness, and the three cone is important because you want to see the guys bend, Look at someone like Rashawn Gary, raw coming out of college, power, pure power, but you go athletic tools for days, that's what you pay coaches for. So at those positions, it's important. Offensive line, straight line speed, not super important, although the Packers have traditionally liked guys to be pretty good athletes moving in a straight line. It's that change of direction. Short shuttle, three cone, and we have good data on this. Josh Norris has been banging this drum for a long time now that... If, if you have that quick change of ability, you're going to be at the very least baseline, a starting caliber offensive lineman. And with interior offensive linemen, guard centers, you need to have, whether it's short shuttle or three cone, you have to be able to change directions. That is so important in pass protection. And we need to remember not to count it twice. That's the last thing I want to say about this. Don't count it twice. If he's fast on tape and he runs fast, it only counts once. Now, if he doesn't look super fast on tape and he runs fast, then you have to go, hmm, okay, let's go back to the tape. And if on tape still doesn't look super fast, then you're like, okay, well, he's got really good running form and he's really good out of the blocks, but from a startup stance, like he's not running by anybody, he's not creating separation, what's the deal? And you have to try and figure out why. And then the opposite is also true. If they're fast on the field, but run slow, you go, well, how much of this do I care about? Okay, well, what's the competition? Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network brought up a great point. One of the reasons why we've seen so many big 12 receivers flame out is because they're going up against bad corners. You look at the corners drafted by conference. The, the big 12 is way at the bottom, way at the bottom. Over the last few years, something like six corners drafted from the big 12. They're, they're not playing anybody. So if they're open, congratulations, but... You're not being covered and certainly not being covered by anyone NFL caliber. So that stuff all is part of this evaluation process. I want to get to the Aaron Rodgers of it all. But before we do, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is my go-to daily snack. I have one nearly every day. I didn't have one yesterday, um, but I will almost certainly have one tomorrow. 
I had one the day before that. I had one the day before that. I had one the day before that. I think I had one four or five days in a row. I was I was noticing that, oh yeah, I, I really do do this every day. This is not just something I say for you guys. I eat these every day. I swear by them. I evangelize for them in, you know, off pod all the time. I get messages from people. Are they really that good? Yes, from my friends. My friends will text me. Hey, what's the deal with Bilt Bar? No, no, legitimately, they are great. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. There's so many flavors. You don't like coconut? Fine. But maybe a bad take because all their coconut flavors are awesome. But there's so many other ones out there for you. All the brownie, they have like 17 different, they have like four or five different brownie flavored treats. Go find one. You can go to Built Bar, Built.com, get one. You go to Sam's Club, Walmart, you just walk right into the store and say, yes, excuse me, sir, ma'am, can I please have some Built Bars? And they will take you right there. They'll give you a box. And you can thank me later. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts. And of course on YouTube, Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So a new report from Albert Breer, who's been on on this over the last couple of weeks. He has been connected to the, the Jets and has had some insight on the Packers thought process here. Now, Ian Rappaport continues to say, if Aaron Rodgers wants to be back, he'll be back. Okay, we've, we've talked about how that is not exactly a ringing endorsement of the way the Packers feel about Aaron Rodgers, because it's it's not, we want you back under any circumstance, please, whatever, we'll do whatever we can to keep you. That is not what they are saying. That is not what they are doing. They could be doing that. They are not doing that. The Albert Breer part is Aaron Rodgers is the Jets' number one. They told Derek Carr flat out, we're going to wait. And then you can spin it as well. Derek Carr is going to take his time too. But like, okay, that's the best quarterback situation on the market by far. So why wouldn't you just go there? If you want to go there, Derek Carr, and they want you to be there, Derek Carr, then you would just be there. Again, I think there is some some reason for the Jets to believe that Aaron Rodgers could be interested in them. My understanding is there have been some discussions behind the scenes with Aaron Rodgers' camp and and potential other teams. Not formal, you know, trade talks, but just like, hey, what would you think if that kind of stuff? Would you be interested if? Because Aaron Rodgers, in order to make a decision, right, in order to say, I want to go, let's say that that's the decision he comes to. I still believe that that is ultimately going to be the decision that he comes to. You have to know that wherever you want to go, they will watch you. Now, the Jets have made it very clear in the public that they want him. Is that where he wants to go? I believe it is one of the places that he would be willing to go to if he doesn't come back to Green Bay. And the same thing is true in Las Vegas. But Las Vegas has to want him. And so if you're Aaron Rodgers' camp, it would be smart. In fact, it would behoove you to say, Okay, we need to at least have some basic understanding. Are you willing to do what it takes 
to get us. And that informs your decision. The same way the Packers have to know or have some vague sense of what these teams are willing to offer if that's what's going to happen here. Now, one of the the pieces that really stood out, pieces of information in this story, was that bit about the aging veterans that... Green Bay has some questions about the older guys, that there are some players on this roster that are, you know, getting up there in age. I don't know, just just for example, let's say someone like David Bakhtiari. Well, they could save money by moving on from David Bakhtiari. And if you feel like you want to go along with Jordan Love. And. Or at least you have confidence in Jordan Love. And that was another piece in this in this story that Albert Breer said, you know, the Packers a year ago, two years ago, they didn't have a lot of faith in Jordan Love because he was, you know, still developing. But over the last year, something changed. And that fits with everything we have heard from other sources and other reporters on the way the Packers feel about it. It fits with what I have heard that a year ago, the Packers were still going, we don't really know what Jordan Love is. Haven't really seen him. And then over the last year, that that third season, when Aaron Rodgers made his jump, now they feel like he is a bona fide starting caliber quarterback. That matters. Now, even if you say, okay, Aaron, we'd like to have you back if you want to be back. That's not the same now as saying, okay, we don't think Jordan Love can play. And it's not the same now as, hey, we'll give you this top of market extension. We'll give you $50 million a year. That's not where they are now. So it actually makes some sense. You go gradually down the line. Okay, last year MVP, pay him the money. This year, okay, well, if you want to stay, you can stay. But if, if you know if you want to go, we'll, we'll send you on your way. That is That, I think, is a reflection of Jordan Love. I know that there has been this idea that the, that the Packers keeping Aaron Rodgers is some indictment of Jordan Love. And I think that's ridiculous. And, and Breer talks about it specifically in the story. No, this was more about Aaron Rodgers being an MVP. This is more about him being awesome at first. But there was this, well, we don't really know. Like that was part of it. Not everything, but it was part of it. And then in the last year that changed. And so when you put those two things together, you know, they don't know if they want to re-sign Randall Cobb. They don't know if they want to re-sign Mercedes Lewis. They don't know if it makes sense for them to keep wondering, will he, won't he with David Bakhtiari? Is it just, is Zach Tom just good enough? Is Yash Nyman just good enough? To play, you move on from David Bakhtiari, you trade him, you eat whatever ca- dead cap you need to eat, you save the money that you save, he's off the books, and now you can move forward with this younger core. Is that why, when, when the Packers keep saying, yes, we'd like to keep Aaron Rodgers, that Aaron Rodgers keeps saying, I don't know if they want to have a youth movement. Remember, you know, listeners of this show, and you don't have to be a longtime listener, a couple weeks listener, will know that I was so confused by what they were saying there. Or what he was saying. Why why would he think that? Why would he believe that the Packers want to have this youth movement when they said, we want to keep David Bakhtiari? Brian Gutekind said, we want to keep David Bakhtiari. Was a little more equivocating on Mason Crosby. It doesn't seem like Randall Cobb is going to be back almost irrespective of what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Alan Lazard, probably not going to be back, although there have been reports that they've been working 
to try and re-sign him. They also worked to try and bring Marquez Valdez-Scantling back. They ultimately didn't. It got too expensive. So it's starting to make a little bit more sense when Aaron Rodgers says, you know, they might want to go young. If they're communicating to him, and this fits, by the way, magnificently with my whole, it, it's like um, in a relationship you want to get out of, but you don't want to be the bad guy to break up. So you just start kind of being a jerk. <laughs> this is a trope. I'm not saying I've done this personally, but you know of situations. You've certainly, I'm sure, seen it in popular culture. This is a trope. This is something that that happens. You're just sort of like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care how this goes. Or, you know, in, in extreme cases, you go out and, you, you know, there's a indiscretions that happen, those kinds of things, because you're just sort of like, I don't care, but I don't want to be the one to end this relationship. So I'm going to act indifferent. I'm going to make the other person do it. If you're saying, Adam, we don't really know about David Bakhtiari. We, really, we don't really know about Randall Cobb. We don't really know about Mercedes Lewis. Like, I, we're not sure if we want to bring those guys back. And you know Aaron Rodgers wants those guys back. And he said to you he wants those guys back. Even if, you know, I think you can, we can take him at his word. He doesn't need those guys to be back to play. He might want to, he wanted to play without Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the league. So I think we can take him at his word that he wouldn't need those guys the same way he didn't need a new contract in the spring of 2021, but he wanted the Packers to want to give him one. That is a crucial distinction. Yeah, he wanted one, but more than that, he wanted the Packers to want to give him one. He didn't need one. Of course, he didn't need one. At this point in his life, he has generational wealth. He doesn't need any money. But he's going to keep getting it. And, and he, wanted the, he wanted the Packers to say, we value you. We, we think you're part of our long-term plan. We're not ready to go young. So now, this offseason, if you're saying, hey, Aaron, we'd love to have you back. But we just don't think it makes sense to keep Mercedes or Randall or Bach. Your decision, right? Like it's it's not exactly, you know, rolling out the red carpet for Aaron Rodgers. And so, you know, none of this changes the way that that I view this. I think if Aaron Rodgers came to the team and said, look, I'll do whatever. The Packers would take him back. I believe that that could potentially be true. I just don't know what what evidence we have over the career of Aaron Rodgers that suggests to us he would ever, ever do that. I just don't I don't I don't know why you would think he would do that. The last bit of this. And this was a point that was brought up by by Zach Cruz, our our pal from from Packers Wire. I have, I guess I have avoided bringing this up for fear of appearing to marry the two things that I get most accused of, and that is Aaron Rodgers' hate and Jordan Love homerism. But there was this conversation in 2021 and 2022 about Aaron Rodgers either knowing Jordan Love sucked or knowing he was really good and either being afraid in the case that if Jordan Love is really good, he afraid or 
saying, look, I'm going to stick it to the team. I know this guy sucks. Like in, in the spring of 2021, he's going, you know, the, the, the conspiracy theorists were like, they know that, that Jordan Love is not very good. And so Aaron Rodgers has them over a barrel. They, they gave him $50 million a year because Rodgers knows and the Packers know Jordan Love isn't very good. But there is also this, this alternate reality. And now all of the reporting suggests that the Packers are internally and externally expressing confidence in Jordan Love. The players have expressed their confidence in Jordan Love's. The players know. And that's the thing. Aaron Rodgers watched this happen firsthand because he made it happen. He did this to Brett Favre. He was the guy that everyone looking around went, okay, this guy's a guy. This guy's a dude being a guy, being dudes. This guy can play. And it seems like in the last year that happened in Green Bay. And that includes... Aaron Rodgers, that Aaron Rodgers saw the strides, in fact, talked about the strides and the progress that he saw Jordan Love making. And if you're someone who is a Jordan Love skeptic, you are conditioned to say, well, what else is he going to say? Well, he didn't say those nice things a year ago before we'd seen a lot of this progress or the year before that. Either did his teammates, but they're saying it now. And players, he's playing, Darius Slay goes on his podcast after the Eagles game and goes, this boy is cold. And he played a lot better than we thought he would. And we tried defensively. But it didn't work out. That could be a reason in conjunction with, you know, this apparent older roster skepticism from the Packers. Which, by the way, totally reasonable to be like, "Eh, Mercedes Lewis we're going to play him if he's on the team and we probably need to just get younger. Randall Cobb just need to move on. David Bakhtiari, this will he, won't he question of, is he going to play? Is he not? Those are reasonable conclusions to come to, even if, especially in the case of Bakhtiari and Mercedes Lewis, you don't have guys who are going to step in and immediately be more impactful than the guys that you you're pushing out the door. But if you're saying that as an organization and Aaron Rodgers is watching Jordan Love, I mean, this is different than in 2021 saying to the team, if you want to go to Jordan Love based on nothing. I mean, I thought that was absolutely crazy town that Rodgers thought that that the Packers were trying to push him out the door after a year. Well, you drafted Jordan Love, so I must not be part of your long-term plan. Like, get a grip, dude. He didn't, he didn't even suit up this season. And you're doing that. If you want to go to that guy, trade me. Like that is that is craziness. Especially because he wasn't even good enough to be on the active roster at that point. But now, but now the team believes in Jordan Love. The organization believes in Jordan Love. And if you don't think Aaron Rodgers, who went through this, who did this to Brett Favre, knows all of that, then I mean, look, I don't know what to tell you. If anyone knows, it's Aaron Rodgers. And so that could be part of the reason, again, in conjunction with all this other stuff, that he's going, okay, look, if if you want to do this, I get get it. And I'll move on. I'll go somewhere else. 
all of these votes of confidence for Jordan Love, Rodgers knows. Rodgers sees it. And that, I, that has to play into his thought process in all this. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow a lot more. We're going to be breaking down the combine such that that we can over the next few days. We're not really going to have a lot of um, on-show time to talk about the drills and those kinds of things just because of when they're happening. But we'll get a recap coming up and then we'll get some more interviews. A lot of people in Indianapolis right now, so kind of tough to get guests. I am uh, unfortunately and fortunately not there um, for my liver, fortunately, for sure. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week with a lot more as we head toward an Aaron Rodgers decision, maybe. Um, March 8th, 2022 was when he made his decision last time. So we're a week away from that a little more. I, I don't think, you know, yet you should hold your breath here. This is this is going to be a little while still. But a, I mean, a little while, just a couple days. And we'll get something here coming up soon. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, they make a decision, they come together, they decide this is what we're doing. We're going to go live on YouTube so you can stay Locked on Packers. <laughs>